enter into fellowship with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit, with God's people. Fellowship. It's a word I love. I've, I've preached a sermon on this subject several times, not like this one. It, it's going to agree with the others because truth is always truth. It doesn't contradict itself. But to, but to look around at the people of God in my unsaved state, thinking, I, I'm on the outskirts of whatever this is. And then, it, so this word fellowship really warms my heart because God brings us into fellowship. You know, we're, we're trying to cut down on traffic these days, if anyone has noticed, with an HOV lane. High occupancy vehicles. I didn't, I didn't even think about what that stood for for the longest time. I saw people and just one person in a vehicle in it, and I thought, no, shame on you. But it's set up for more than one person in the vehicle so that they can travel this lane with hopefully less traffic. It's... It's a desire to get one person in one vehicle off the road and in with another vehicle to cut down on traffic and carpooling to work. Two, three, or four, or six people going to the same place for the same purpose in the same vehicle. They can, they can enjoy the ride. They have a lot in common. Even if they have different positions in the company, they're all working toward one purpose. Ultimately, they're having fellowship in a, in a sense, you could say. But how about our fellowship with the Lord? On the highway to heaven, if you will, God wants us traveling in the high occupancy vehicle lane togetherness with Him, togetherness with one another as we go. We, we are connected, children of God are, by the most important thing in this world, and that's God's salvation, His truth, His Word. And we're on our way to glory not to be an individual just on an individual path, but together with the people of God, together in unity, fellowship, a mutual sharing together. Oh, what we have in common as members of the church, as children of God, that we have been saved from our sins by the Lord Jesus Christ. That we have experienced salvation in Him. We are left upon this earth to serve Him. To live for Him. We all have that in common. And there's nothing more important than that in life. We get to have fellowship with Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 1.9 God is faithful by whom you were called 
unto the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ. We have not only been saved by the power of the gospel, but we are called into the participation, the privileges of the gospel of Jesus Christ with Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8 verse 17 says that we are joint heirs with Christ. Jesus shares with us. He shares all with us. We are sharers with Him in communion with Jesus. He is faithful to fellowship with those He has saved. What a, what a good word. When we look at it in every way, in many ways this morning, He's faithful to fellowship with those He has saved. And maybe it's already a time for us to stop and consider our fellowship with Him. It's a personal relationship. It's a personal walk with Him every day. Communing with Him. Paul writes this to the church at Corinth. And Corinth had a problem with their fellowship with the Lord. Oh, they were in church. And they were going through the motions of, of this and that. And, and a lot of things that they should be doing. They were meeting for services. But they were having some problems. Paul points out a lot of them through that book. They were having a problem with their fellowship with the Lord. They were starting to live for themselves. For selfish reasons, according to their opinions, their feelings. They were hung up on things. And that causes problems. We cannot dwell on the past. We cannot dwell on a minor thing when the major thing is the salvation that we share in Jesus Christ. It's going to hurt us. It's not going to do us any good. It's going to divide us if we're making things about something less than Jesus Christ. We're not going to be impressed with our lives and our spiritual walk if we're hung up on something of the past. Something that's less important. Of course, something that would be things of the flesh. Corinth was living for themselves. And they needed to die to self. And remember their calling to fellowship with Jesus. The divine will of God through Jesus Christ, it's, it's greater than silver and gold. It's greater than anything you can imagine. It's fellowship with Jesus Christ. It's greater than, than our friends. It's greater than fun. It's, it's greater than anything else. What a privilege it is to commune with Jesus Christ personally. And it's going to hurt us if we start making it about something less, something smaller. 
We not only have fellowship with Jesus Christ, though, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, we find that we get to have the fellowship of the Spirit. Philippians 2, 1 says this, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit... Paul is writing to encourage Philippi to to maintain their joy and to maintain the unity of fellowship and to depend upon the grace that has been afforded to them by way of the Holy Spirit living in their hearts. The moment a soul believes in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, there might not be a fireworks display within your body. You might not do cartwheels across this parking lot. But the Word of God says that the Holy Spirit has come to live in our lives the very second we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. When you look at the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 9, you you just can't get around that. That's exactly what happens, no matter who's confused on that issue. We have fellowship with the Holy Spirit of God the moment that we believe in Jesus Christ. Corinth was having uh, an issue with this. Philippi was needing some encouragement to maintain unity in the church. That the main thing might stay the main thing, and that there might not be a dividing over minor things. The result of receiving Christ, having the Holy Spirit coming to live within us, empowering our fellowship with the Lord. It takes a spiritual power to live a spiritual life. Don't be discouraged if you've tried to live the spiritual life and you have failed because we have all tried to live this miraculous life in the flesh and that is exactly what's going to happen for every single one of us. But there is hope to live a life pleasing to God. There is hope to live a life in the Lord Jesus Christ because we have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives is so that we can live the Christian life. And so this is encouraging unity with, for Philippi to consider this truth. We have fellowship with the Lord. We have fellowship with fellow believers. And we share in the Spirit of God. We have a mutual, personal purpose in our lives that we participate in And the Holy Spirit is active in every child of God's life that submits to the will of God for that very purpose. How binding is that? Oh, the unity that the people of God can have. No other organization can have the kind of unity that the Lord's church does. 
Because it's empowered from heaven. It is for one clear purpose. Oh, if our interests are in the Holy Spirit's interests, which is never contrary to the Word of God, but perfectly in line with the Word of God. The Holy Spirit doesn't try to justify wrong as being right. The Holy Spirit is about absolute truth. And when our interest is in the Spirit's interest, when the Spirit takes control over our lives, the Holy Spirit has given us aid to live the Christian life. And it influences unity among believers. I, I can't imagine all the conferences and all the brainstorming that people have the idea of to create unity in the church. And don't get me wrong, there are some steps that the Holy Spirit can use among us, but it is clearly for you and I to consider our mutual interest, which is greater than any purpose that we could ever have in this life. Fellowship. Fellowship with the Son. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Oh, what unity there is among believers centering our lives around the truth that we all share together. Fellowship. There are, there are many ways that we have fellowship. We find the word in the Bible in a lot of places, in real interesting places, we have fellowship with the Lord's sufferings. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10 says this. Paul says, That I may know Him, Jesus Christ, and the power of His resurrection... And the fellowship of his sufferings. Paul wanted to have the fellowship of the sufferings of Jesus Christ as a benefit, as a help, as what's in the will of God for his Christian life. Let me add Philippians 1.29 to that, where he says, For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on Him, but also to suffer for His sake. By way of suffering that we experience in our lives, we are transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. We're not about to get excited about our sufferings and want it here, but nevertheless, it's going to happen. If you're not suffering right now, you are. We will in some way. And it's in suffering for Christ's sake that we become more like Him. That we mature into what God is wanting to mold the clay to be. He doesn't throw the clay away. He, he's molding us into the likeness of Him. We'll never suffer the way that Jesus suffered in, in, in a way. We will, we will never suffer the punishment and the penalty for the sins of the world. If, if we tried, it wouldn't do any good because we all ourselves are sinners. 
We, we couldn't pay the, we're, we're all in the prison cell and, and only one has the key and that's Jesus Christ. The only one who didn't have the penalty of sin to pay and yet he paid it for every single one of us. The suffering, the shedding of blood, the beating, the mockery, the cruel trial, the unfair trial, everything that He experienced to pay for our sins, we will never suffer that way. We will never suffer to the extent that Christ did to the fullest on the cross at Calvary. Only Jesus, only Jesus could do it. And Jesus did it for us. However, when we're created in Christ Jesus, a new creature... We suffer for righteousness' sake when we live for the Lord. There's a, there's a life that, that we lived in the world, in our flesh, and we had certain passions, we had certain things that we did, and they were not to the glory of God. And then when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ to save us from our sins, to give us a home in heaven... He starts changing our passions. We start hating the things that He hates. And we started loving the things that He loves. And when we do, our lives are going to be different in the world. And we're going to, to shine from some of the light of that lighthouse to this world. And you know what? People are going to be offended. People are going to notice a difference. And people aren't going to like light in their darkness. And we'll suffer for righteousness' sake. Happy are ye if you suffer for righteousness. To have fellowship in the Lord's sufferings. We'll never redeem someone. Only Jesus can do that. But... Those who will suffer for righteousness' sake are going to have a little more in common with the Lord Jesus. Get to know Him that much more. Paul went preaching from city to city, preaching Christ, which, which had the potential for the suffering of abuse or the loss of his life every time he did. But Paul says that the similarity of suffering for Christ's sake resulted in him knowing the Lord better. So Paul says that I may know him and the fellowship of his sufferings. What a, what a word this fellowship is. The mutual sharing together that we all have. And that brings us to our next point. How about our fellowship with one another? 1 John 1 and verse 7. We have fellowship with God and we have fellowship one with another. 1 John 1 7 says, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sins. 
We've had the penalty paid for all of our sins. And what we find in that chapter is the continual dealing with those things and conditioning of our lives and in confession of those things that we, that we might desire them less and be forgiven and cleansed and washed and desire the things of God more. Fellowship with God and fellowship with one another. What a, what a common bonding experience salvation is for the people of God. Keep the main thing the main thing. Walk in the light of the Lord. I guess I walk in darkness around my house. I don't mean that spiritually speaking, but I can walk past a shirt that I have laid over the stair rail 20 times and not even notice that I need to put it up. Just leave it there. But there's someone who walks in the light in my home and they bring to my attention what I've passed by 20 times that I ought to go put in its place. My wife walks in the light in our home and things stay orderly and things go where they should go and things stay lined out as they should be. She sees what's going on around her. She sees what's in the wrong spot. She keeps the home picked up and in order because she's walking in the light in our home. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another in the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. We keep our common bond in unity. And we keep things picked up in an order in our lives. When we walk in the light, we share in common. We share a common experience. And it's truthful. It's absolute truth. It's the most important truth that there is that Christ died for our sins and that He was buried and that He was raised again the third day for our sins according to the Scriptures. We share the spiritual birth and life of that in common as children of God. And, and that gives us a mutual sharing. Fellowship one with another. The saved get to share. We are to be sharing. We are to be sharing with the foundation of the most important truth at the centermost part of it. That's a protection for unity. That is a bond. That is a spiritually healthy church. That's an outreaching church. That's a growing church. That's a thriving church. When we're Standing on the rock of our salvation. The reason why we're here, the reason why we're still here, to be sharing one with another. The Christian has very important fellowship with God to have and experience, but 
something is wrong if that's the only fellowship that one has. Man, we're, we're trying to get people off the road and one individual person and one car and taking us two hours to get across Houston to work. We're trying to bring them together. And God has not called for any Lone Ranger Christians. God has not called for any homemade doctrine and, and belief of what's right and what's wrong. And he's not, he's not called for that. He's called His people together in this amazing common bond that He has given us. Something is wrong if the only fellowship we have is with, is with God. We're to have fellowship one with another. Some say, well, I don't need the church. I don't, I don't need to be approved by the church. I don't need to be a part of the church. I have my own relationship with God. Me and God, we know what's going on. God and I, we, we've got it together. The only problem with that is that the Bible says opposite. That we're to have fellowship with one another. And our fellowship with one another is proof that we have fellowship with God. 1 John, again in chapter 2 and verse 10 says this, He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. When the Lord saves us, He puts us in His church. And He puts us to work together for His glory. Fellowship with each other, that is proof of our fellowship with God. When we are loving one another, this indicates close fellowship and dependence on the Lord. Love for one another in fellowship is an overflow of our relationship of love that we have with the Lord. How about a fellowship of service? We, we think about fellowship with one another. And us gathering together and what we have in common together. But how about a fellowship of service? Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 4. Praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. The fellowship of service. We think of fellowship together with one another, and we think of it in a simple thought sometimes. Maybe we thought of a quartet singing last Sunday night and then having a meal together as our fellowship with one another. And on the most shallow level, that it is fellowship. It goes much deeper than that, though, in the sharing of what we have in common. But we think about our fellowship with one another. But how about 
our fellowship of service. How about serving one another? We consider the things of others more important than the things of our own. We, we serve each other. Look, we can, we can stop and think about the opposite happening sometimes. Because the devil's at work, always trying to break up a wonderful, beautiful thing that he's doing. We're to be serving one another. We serve the Lord Jesus Christ by serving one another. Well, well, I'll serve you, Lord, but... But, but as far as people go, no. I believe in you, you've saved me, and I'll serve you, Lord, but not someone. That doesn't go very far with the Lord because He doesn't need anything, but people do. And the people of God are to be serving each other. The fellowship of service. We don't, we don't speak of this often. We don't think of this when we speak right or hear the word fellowship, but our service to the Lord is to be to one another. The ministering of the saints. That word ministering, it speaks of service be performed on behalf of others. We share the honor of supporting fellow Christians and helping the people of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8 there, the first three and a half verses build up to a great example of that. It speaks of the churches of Macedonia. And it says, Moreover, brethren, we, we do you to wit the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. For, I bear, for to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves. They were willing to help the poor saints of Jerusalem who were on hard times and they, they needed an offering. They needed some help. The churches of Macedonia were almost in the same place. They needed some help too. But, but their desire, they were begging to be in the fellowship of service to that church. Don't look at our condition. Take our offering. Take it for them. They had a heart to serve one another. It's God's will for His people to give aid and relief in all kinds of ways to the people of God. And in the end of 1 Corinthians, the house of Stephanus Man, they, they had it well. I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have, you ready? Addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. There was so much division going on. There was the favorite preacher thing going on. There was overlooking sin going on. There were, there was a, they, weren't, they weren't collecting for the saints in Jerusalem when they had the greatest ability to do so. And so all of this division and stuff's going on. But then the house of Stephanus, they were addicted to the ministry of the saints. 
through it all. Thank God for them. As, as difficult and as divided as that church situation was, thank God for them. The fellowship of service. But not only is there the fellowship of service, but we're to stay away from fellowship with darkness. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 11, we read, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. We're told to stay away from the works of darkness. You know, when we're walking in the light, they'll stay away from us. But in fellowship, we're talking about everything we are to have fellowship with, and the Bible says to not have fellowship with those works of darkness. When we walk in the light, darkness will separate from us. And this is written to believers, by the way. This is written to children of God. And so God's people can backslide into darkness. It's not okay. It's not what the Lord wants for us. The child of God's life is going to be miserable in that condition. And we're not even to speak of those things. We're, we're, we're instructed and told. But to speak the word of God. In Philippians 2.16 it says, Holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. There's a reminder to Ephesus there of what we do. Counting for nothing. If we're claiming to be in the light... And our lives are really in the dark. It can't destroy salvation, but it'll sure destroy the life that we are called to live upon this earth as children of God. Getting down to the honest Bible, some Bible truth, it'll shorten the life of the child of God. Second John chapter 8 speaks of Christians lose, being able to lose their rewards that they have gained for heaven. Darkness is devastating. There's the temptation for every Christian to fall into it. The only thing that dispels the darkness is the light. We must walk in the light as children of God. In the Gospel of John Five verses into it, it says, And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. No matter how much darkness that there is, it can absorb light. A word I've used with people 101 lately, and an encouragement, it, it seems to have fit several situations. 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Oh, the possibility of following, falling into fellowship with darkness. But praise God, there's victory, there's a remedy, there's a guard for that. And that is the, that's the lighthouse. The light of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
There's a song we sing sometimes. We've committed to sing it more, and we probably will. It's, it's called, Blessed Be the Tie That Binds. Our hearts in Christian love, the fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. Fellowship. I tell you what, just to think of that word and, and what it does to put everything in its place in our lives, the mutual sharing together of Jesus Christ in a relationship with Him, and all of the people of God have that. And it's the most important thing in life. And that is what causes us to be bound together in unity. That's what makes a group be able to do what no other group on the face of this earth can do. Is there anyone this morning that God may have laid it upon your heart that something minor, it's amazing what Satan wants to use to trip up the people of God. And how small and nothingness a thing can be to get our hearts and our minds off of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who has given us a home in heaven. We have eternal life in Him and we gather to worship Him. And then there's that little silly thing that trips us up and gets our minds off of Him. Maybe there's someone here like I was. There was that time in my life where I, I sat in a church pew, but I looked around and I said, I, I am not one of them. I don't know what they are. And I'm not exaggerating. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. And I sat there as an adult and I said, I don't know what they are, but I'm not one of them. And then, and Jesus drew me. And He made me see my need to be saved from my sins and know Jesus. And He put me smack dab in the middle of fellowship with God's people and His work. Would you have your burden of sin lifted this morning? God is not the author of confusion. And whatever the doubts may be in anyone's mind this morning, I'm not going to try to give you a seminar and explain them away or justify a doubt. I reckon God wants us to do business with Him this morning. And He draws the uncomfortable heart. He drew this uncomfortable heart. There was something that was blocking me from really being a part of the church. And it's because I was no part of the church. I wasn't saved. We all, we've all been there. Is that you this morning? Would you let me share with you, not my opinions, but the Word of God, and be saved from your sins this morning? Jesus will do it. And the next thing He's going to do, He's going to put you in His church to love Him and serve Him, to, to have 
this spiritual thing from heaven on earth called fellowship to have in common what every child of God has. Let us pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we bow before you today and Lord, we thank you for the impact of your word. We thank you that we can take one word of yours. And Lord, it, it reaches our heart and it opens us up and it makes us examine ourselves as children of God. And Lord, we know you're drawing one or more who are not your children this morning that they might be saved. Lord, I thank you for the spiritual sight and the focus you help us to have. When there's so many little things that try to get in the way. Oh, Lord, may we may we all together look to Jesus. And the saving of our lives that we have experienced on some day in our life that brought us together. That we might lift you up on high and worship you today together. Knowing there's nothing greater, there's nothing more important in our lives. And there's nothing more important for the lost soul today than that they answer the call of you and be saved from their sins and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.